0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Downrange Podcast. I'm Cody, your host for today, joined by a very special guest who's my mom. Veterans Day episode, I felt that it was only fitting having Yari on last year that I followed up with my mom, who did not serve but has a long line of service to this country in her family, from her great great grandfather. To her grandfather, to her dad, my grandpa, to her husband, and then to us kids. Later on, to our wives who have served. And a grandchild who has deployed as well. It's a long, long history of support for this family that I am so lucky to be a part of. I can't wait for you guys to hear our story. Talk about what it's like to be deployed overseas overseas. From a mom's perspective, which I think gets left out of a lot of conversations. But before that, this podcast, as always, is sponsored by our friends at Mr. Mom. They have a very special, special thing going on right now for Veterans Day. And I want you to know that every time you purchase something, you are helping them sponsor athletes, events, and programming for injured veteran golfers and other golfers in the adaptive golf community. Check out their Instagram feed this week for Veterans Day stories highlighting their sponsored athletes. And right now, through November 18th, you can get 20% off your entire order using the discount code VETERANS. That's 20% off your entire order using discount code VETERANS on their website, www.mrmogolf.com. That's M-R-M-A-G-O-L-F.com. And be sure to follow them on Instagram at Mr. Golf. I hope everybody has an amazing week, a good Veterans Day. If you have a veteran in your family, call them, text them, let them know how proud and thankful you are for their service. And call your moms. So normal, my, just hold it normal. You don't have to hold it straight up to your mouth. It'll pick up a lot of stuff. Hello, hello? Hello.
1: Hello.
0: You can make sure your stuff's on uh, I did. vibrator silence.
1: I'm, I'm going to put it, you don't want it to vibrate on your desk.
0: Last year for Veterans Day, I had that my undisputed number one veteran in my life, and that was Yari she was gracious enough to come on, be a guest on Downrange. And everybody seemed to to absolutely love it. And it would be very easy for me to call up one of my buddies or anything else like that to have a Veterans Day episode, but that's not what we do here for Veterans Day. <laughs> so the only person that I could put up there with Yari is you. And oh. that might not be because you serve your country, but you are a... Great granddaughter of a veteran. You are a granddaughter of a veteran. Your father served. Your husband has served. You have sent almost every single one of your children off to war. The spouses that your children married, you've sent them off to war. And you have sent a granddaughter off as well. It's incredible the lineage that somehow you have found yourself in. Yeah,
1: it sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? When you think of it that way. Yeah, we have no Marines. We've done Navy, Air Force, lots of Army. So it's been, wow, that's a lot when you (laughs) think of it that way.
0: I think growing up was military and military service like a part of your childhood.
1: Yes, because it was talked about a lot because dad was a veteran of the Korean War and, you know, uh, very, very serious about what happened. He didn't He didn't tell a lot of stories about his service um, and things that happened. Uh, I think mom told me once that he never talked to her about what happened when he was in the war because he was in the Air Force. He was a um, radio operator and they were shot down over Korea and had to find their way out. And, you know, some of the, some of the stories that he told me were, I, I have goosebumps just thinking about it and, you know, and mom said he never did tell her those stories and I, some of them were funny, some of them were just unreal and he's very lucky that he was able to get out of there and have the family that he had and, yeah, so, um, we were all very proud of him and loved him to death. And so, yeah, it was. It was talked about a lot. He was also lifetime member of the VFW and um, served the VFW as uh, as a local president, district president, regional president. Um, very, very important. He, uh, the, I think the last celeb- celebration, that we had at the VFW with him was like sixty-eight years in the VFW. Sixty five.
0: Yep. Sixty five. Sixty
1: five code. Yeah. So yeah. Very, very much a part of our lives. And then of course dad and I, you know, he was he is an army veteran and um, you know, and he he served during the Vietnam era, um, and enlisted before he was drafted because he didn't want to be a draftee Uh very proud of that coming from Montana.
0: He, so that's him, the stubborn man. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to get ahead of this because nobody's going to
1: tell me what to do.
0: Is that why or was it culturally like looked down on to be
1: a draftee? I think so. Oh, it was. I think so. I think for a lot of people it was. You know, it was like um uh, not only a you're not going to tell me what to do type thing, but uh yeah, you don't have to tell me what to do. I'm gonna serve my country, you know, I'm gonna volunteer to serve my country, not you know, not be in the draft. So yeah.
0: And ultimately, you know, was an infantryman in the Vietnam era, never went to Vietnam, did a tremendous job like basically as a as a support personnel, I think in Germany. In Germany, right? yeah. Yeah, pushing everything forward. Yeah. I ask a lot about grandpa because who you were describing as being shot down, served in the Korean War, the Forgotten War. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks ago, me and my colleagues had the opportunity to go to Korea. I went to the DMZ, and a lot of it, the memories, uh, and the reason why I wanted to go so much was because of Grandpa Barney. And Grandpa Barney was a huge, you know, made a huge impact on my life, not only just for being my grandpa and, like, loving the shit out of me, but for teaching me little things throughout my life that i never really realized until i got older and you you hit the nail on the head he was very soft spoken about it i remember when i got ready to i think i was probably like a junior or senior in high school and he talked to me about service and if i have thought about joining the military and at the time i was like no way in hell i'm not joining i'm not going to join the military there's a million other things that I want to do. And I remember him just laying it out and being as point blank as it as it possibly could be. There's, there's nowhere in this world where you're going to be taught skills that you're going to use for the rest of your life. You are going to create friendships and bonds with people that will last for the rest of your life. You will serve this country and be able to do things. It doesn't matter if it's in a time of war or not, but For the rest of your life, you're going to carry the traditions and everything that comes with serving in the military for the rest of your life. And I remember sitting there thinking about it at the time and being like, wow, like, okay, that's cool, but that's an awful lot. And for a kid who grew up in northern Montana, thinking of all these places that you can go travel and everything never really registered too much with me. Over time, obviously, that changed. And I'm very fortunate that Grandpa was probably the number one supporter of of me and my siblings throughout my military career. But we had the opportunity for him to take part in that. And that's whether that was graduations that I had or him coming down when I got my Ranger tab and he saw and he experienced these things with me. And to me, that means like, the world that we were able to do that ultimately, you know, before he p- ended up passing away. And l- after living a, a phenomenal full life.
1: When we went down for your graduation to ranger school, uh, dad and I and grandpa, that meant more to him than, uh, a lot of things that have happened in his life. And when you asked him to pin your tab, He, uh, well, I think I have, uh, pictures of all of us with tears in our eyes and he was very much, um, uh, touched by all of that and by, you know, the demonstrations you guys did and letting him see uh, all of that. And, uh, and he had a fellow, a friend of his that he has known for years, I believe from the service yes, and, uh, that came up for it also that, was he a Ranger? Yeah. Yeah, he gra- was a Ranger. He graduated
0: yeah. Ranger School in like nineteen fifty six or something. Yeah, something, something like,
1: that. like that. So it was it was just a totally great experience for all of them.
0: Yeah, incredible memories that that we have. It's it's kind of funny to look back because I remember him constantly being in awe of things that I was doing in the stories that I was telling, but at the same time. Me, like, trying desperately to get more out of him. And I, I think it's just a generational mm-hmm. thing. It's it's not a lot ever came of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly true. And I think the only time, like, when he told me about it, I mean, I'm telling you, this was, like, once that we had this conversation. I was pretty young, probably high school age. And um I'm not sure where mom was. I think she was traveling somewhere. Uh, but him and I started talking about it and, you know, that's the only time he ever talked to me about any of what happened during his service. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very much a bonding time for him and me. And, uh, yeah, but he loved, loved, loved that he would go to the VFW in East Helena and brag about his grandsons, about you, about, you know, what you were, what you were doing, and he was so proud to have everybody a member of his VFW, and uh, I, you know, the he he was just very proud of his family, very proud of what you guys all accomplished, and what you learned from it. He was very much um, uh, thought that uh, military service. Uh, built the man you were going to be for the rest of your life. And, you know, and I think a lot of us feel the same way. And so he was he was very proud of all you boys.
0: And it wasn't just him in the household that you grew up. Your oh, mom, mom was a career yep. civil servant. Yep. She ultimately retired from the, mm-hmm. what, what would the Corps be? Civilian. The civilian Corps? Yeah. Uh, long, long, long. Time employee uh and that's basically like your childhood you yep. spent moving to different locations because of her service
1: exactly and i always you know it's really hard for me to believe now but i was never in a school more than two years and um so
0: and why what did grandma do
1: grandma worked for a lot of different areas of the government She worked for the Forest Service at one time. She's with BLM. She was, but we, you know, a lot of time different places in Montana. When I was a okay, let me get this right now, A, a freshman, she said we were moving to Alaska, and so we moved up to Petersburg, Alaska, which is in the Southeast Islands. And lived up there for two years while she worked for the Forest Service up there. And, uh, and then we moved back to Montana. And, um, well, I, I got to take that back, Cody. I moved back to Montana. Mom was still up there, and I said I wanted to go back because I wanted to graduate from uh, Montana, from school down there. So I went down and stayed with a friend of mine for my senior year and graduated from from uh Bridger. And but mom went on. They were in um a couple different places in Europe for like 3 or 4 years and continued con- were very very big with the European VFW over there. Mom's uh, mom is lifetime member of the VFW, dad's a lifetime member of the VFW. They, uh, you know, very big on all that over there. So it was, you know, military service, service to your service period, service to the government, service to your community. That's always been a, a, you know, something that we all strive to do.
0: So growing up in a household that predominantly is both filled by service, both civil service and military service, was your upbringing structured in a way that would say was overly conservative or strict or what you would expect from a military household
1: um, I wouldn't say conservative because uh, mom like I say was a civil servant she she uh, you know very much believed in equality for everyone didn't you know grew up during the the time when um, a lot of different uh there protests. wasn't a lot of yeah there was protest there wasn't a lot of um of uh equal opportunities for right. anyone she, i mean she she fought for women's rights she she's very much you know she had a lot of friends who were black so she fought for that you know and
0: equal um, rights across the board across the board yeah. yeah
1: so uh so in that that sort of way you know not what we consider to be um, uh, the same as now,
0: right? Which is kind of imp- you the know
1: conservative then meant different than conservative now,
0: which is incredibly impressive in 1950s, yes. 60s, 70s yep. Montana, which exactly. most most people to this day still think is like yeah, very closed off, white. I would say. Not only conservative, or the current meaning of conservative, mm-hmm. but I would say leaks over into like mega territory, which yep. is not the case at all.
1: No, it's not. I mean, we have a lot. There are areas of that. I will, I will say, but there are. You know, it's not really by far that conservative, that radical.
0: Right, until it comes down to, like, land ownership oh, yes. and yes. the way that we live our life and everything else. That's that's when yeah. probably the the one time that, like, if you want to say a, a side, the color red bleeds through the most. Mm-hmm. Which is all just about freedoms and how you yeah, live your life and, and everything. how else. we live
1: our life, yeah, exactly. I would exactly. say, uh,
0: like, I talk about this because I want to set the framework for the household that you raised us in. Yes. And that was, everybody's treated equal. There is a right and a wrong, but you're also given immense amount of freedoms to go live your life, to explore, to make mistakes and discover who you want to be. Not because somebody's telling you the person that you need to be, but you need to go live and experience it. And I'm sure that's part of, that's grandma coming through. Oh, that's
1: you. 100% grandma coming through, yeah.
0: And that's because yep. that's how you were.
1: That's how I was raised. I would never, in a lot of households, you would have never been allowed to say, I want to leave and go back to Montana from Alaska. As and what, live, a, a yeah. 16, 17-year-old yeah. girl? Yeah, as a 17-year-old girl. And, and she just a-
0: didn't, she's kind of sugarcoating it. She, did, she didn't want to go graduate with her high school. That's ultimately what you wanted to do. But really, you wanted to go home because you're chasing a guy.
1: Yeah, And you, were,
0: you didn't yeah. want to be separated from, well, that's from the guy.
1: Yeah, but but during this time you know i mean just the freedom uh to mature and you know and mom raised me to be a strong woman even at that age i traveled back and forth by myself which some people thought was crazy right you know and you know so there was um you know she was a she was an amazing woman amazing woman i wish we had had her longer so that you guys could have been more part of her life and uh, but I hope that a lot of those things that mom exemplified um, that that I try to live my life that way also and so when you say letting you guys our goal was to raise you to be strong men um, who were fair and smart and strong and and who loved the women in their lives and treated them with the utmost respect because dad would never let anybody not treat women with respect. And also to be able to go out and be the best people they can be and live their own lives. Now, that has bit me in the butt (laughs) numerous times. Go on. Because... In saying that and raising you that way, I have also sent all of my kids off to do other things, whether it be college, going somewhere else to work, military, you know, and it kills me not to have every, I'm I'm a mama bear that wants all of my cubs with me, so I would love it if everybody was by me, you know, so we could have all the holidays together and weekends together and. Camping and boating, and I don't know why I said camping, because we don't really camp. But, glamp,
0: a hard yeah, glamp, G in there.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, but yet I realized that we did our job as parents. You're all very successful, happy people, and that's that's how it is. But uh,
0: Yeah, I hope you guys don't think that it's – and you're right when you think about it. All of my siblings have moved.
1: Far at one, at one point in time,
0: uh, far, far away. And that's not because we're trying to get away by any means. Nobody's doing that. It's because we ultimately were like revved up our entire childhood into our later education process and and want to go live and experience and seek these joys of life that you yep. continuously told us about and showed us and motivated us to go out and chase and yep. that's kind of what we did. But you are starting to see the trickle-down uh, effect of people migrating back mm-hmm. to you. So you sh- you could be proud I am. for that.
1: I'm extremely happy that the C.T. McBrides are living in Texas now, which is very <laughs> much closer to Montana. And, you know, um, uh, Justin has moved back to Mon- Montana and, you know, I don't don't think Josh is ever going to move back to Montana, but he's never very far away. Close enough. Yeah. Drive yep. away. Yeah. And uh, and Erica's back. She's in in uh, Missoula now and loves it. So it's uh, which is a perk for me.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So it's all it's all good. We're all we're just extremely happy that everybody is uh, settled, getting settled in their lives and and. Uh, And if we hadn't had, uh, if you weren't able to go out and make a life for yourselves, you wouldn't have what you have, which is Yari, which I love to death because I didn't have daughters. I didn't even have really sisters growing up. So having Yari is wonderful. And, you know, everybody's settling down. They're finding their people. That's what is important. And I have three babies that I get to spoil.
0: How much do you think you as a person and and the mother that you end up growing into be was defined by your parents and the example that you set in front of you, the times that you lived in being a, a child of the 60s and 70s, the cultural shifts that you lived through? What kind of... Mixed and melded in there to make your parenting strategy the way that it is.
1: Oh gosh, um, hundred percent my parents. I mean, just in every aspect of it. The um, uh, mom, mom was uh very much had rules, you know, and, y- and you you live by those rules, and if you broke the rules, you knew you broke the rules. But um, but she also uh, loved as loud and as big as she could, you know, so she was a single mom for a lot of years and, um, you know, always worked hard. So my sister, uh, then took on the challenge, uh, who is seven years older than me. So, uh, she spent a lot of her time raising me, you know, so, and she doesn't have any kids to this, you know, her and her husband never had children because she always said, I had my, I raised you, you know, which I didn't even think of until a lot later in my life. But, uh, mom was, you know, always took her job very seriously, but yet we all knew, we knew that we were loved, that we were cared for, but it also made us very, um, we grew up, you grew up pretty fast because you were on your own a lot. So, um, So being that way, when, you know, I always said that um, I, I worked, I've always worked, but I always wanted to have a job where if you guys had a football game or a wrestling meet or a music concert or anything like that, that I was able to go to it, you know, and because mom was never, or very, not never, but she was not, able to attend everything. And I always thought, you know, I saw all the other parents there, but I wanted to be somebody who was there for my kids no matter what. And I hope that I'm still that way today, that if you need something or need to talk about something or just something really cool happened or one of the girls did something, that I get a phone call. I get a video, you know. I get I love that, you know, so... Um, yeah, I, I always, I, you know, Cody, you know, that I, I question myself a lot. I question if I did things right, if I, you know, that type of stuff. Th- but with you guys, I just have to look at what you've done with your life and what Josh and has done with his life and, um, and what Justin is doing with his and, uh, and can see that, you know, you guys are all great. I did my job, you know.
0: Continuing to do now,
1: your job. yeah. Continue to do my job. You're right because it never stops. You know, I'm. Um, I still tell you what to do sometimes. Of
0: course, as you should. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I might get an eye roll once in a <laughs> while.
0: <laughs> you did a phenomenal job. Oh well, thank you. There's thank no, you, thank you. And, and I know it's hard because it has been
1: very hard. Um, The day that you left and, you know, uh, firsts are hard at any point. You know, Josh went, first day we left Josh at college, that was hard. But when you left to go to, um, uh, to go uh, join the Army. uh, I guess
0: she didn't have a hard time when I went to Arizona for college, uh, but the Army was a different
1: story. Arizona to college, you were so happy to leave <laughs> that it was. And I'd already sent one to college, so it was, you know. But when you went to, when you left to go to um, uh, the service and after ranger school and all that, but when you when you actually were going to uh, go to Afghanistan, it was having you guys deployed was, um, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. I am very happy when you told me don't watch this, don't watch that. You told me what movies not to watch. I still haven't watched them to this day because I don't think I could. And so, um, I've been asked many times, how could you do that? How could you have, you know, How could you have those kids in uh, an act of war, you know? And and I just said, well, because they have the best training possible, you know? So it wasn't easy, but it was something that had to be done.
0: I definitely wasn't the first. And I think the world, just like everybody else, changed on September 11th. And at the time, my... What I would say would be my oldest brother, but it is not my blood brother, was in the military. And he joined prior to 9-11. Yari was in the military, joined prior to 9-11. From me being in high school at the time, watching it and everything unfolded, I remember it was a, a, a massive point of stress in the household because of the unknown of what's happening. And then quickly, quickly finding out that, yes, AJ mm-hmm. is going to deploy, he's going to be a part of the Iraq invasion, and kind of seeing how this whole thing worked back then compared to the experiences Crazy. that I have, it changed big, big time. Um, but I don't know. Do you remember any of those times? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, there was nothing there, nothing. when he When he deployed... They didn't have communication set up. There Meeting was, back
0: home to you guys. Oh yeah, everything yeah, yeah, was yeah. via yeah, letter. Yep,
1: yeah. you still wrote wrote letters, which I still have. Two notebooks full of letters that he wrote home. Um, there was there was uh, there were uh, no bases set up over there. He um, he was a drone operator, so they were all forward. And so they would like set up residence in bombed out uh
0: old hangers. Old hangars yes. and
1: stuff. And I remember they had they had gone, they'd got to go uh somewhere and there was a phone and they could use the phone and he was so excited because they had found a five gallon bucket and they were they got to wash their uniforms and they were all running around in their skibbies because they got to wash their And so, um, uh, and when they got to go to, uh, Qatar one time and they actually got to use a toilet, I mean, it was stuff like that. It was crazy. And so the way that, um, uh, at that point they were just figuring out kind of how to do everything. It was a major thing to get to the, the forward units like AJ's to get them water, or get get them food, and you know so between between that and then when they started getting, um, uh, then we started get being able to get emails, right? And so that was kind of when you were there the first time. It was kind of we got to have emails, you know. And then you know by the time you guys deployed the last time, I and mean, we shoot, you had phones. We could talk. We could Facetime. We could, I mean, text message everything. So it has definitely, in the communication aspect of it, been a huge full circle. What about
0: your your personal feelings or views or emotions at the time of it all?
1: Oh, gosh. It was, and, and there again, huge range. Um, you know, none of us knew what was going to happen, what was going to go on when, when AJ first went. So it was like... Uh, Every minute was spent watching the news, seeing what was going on until, I mean, it went on until that was like, it was like taking over our lives. And so it was like, okay, we can't do that anymore. You know, you have to, you have to shut it off at some point and just watch in the evening or something. So So
0: as a parent, I guess I'd I'd say like, what what are you looking for? What do you think you're going to, going to get?
1: I don't just information. Any just to to if we can see anything that's going on that might affect your child over there, yeah. and um you know so, and it was uh, so much different between that and then I'll go like um at the time of your service over there where you you might hear just the inkling of something that happened and right away we would be going hmm <laughs> you know because you didn't you don't hear a lot about uh, some of that thing. You just hear the big stuff, and you know that at some point, you know, you were involved.
0: Right. And I think, you know, Mom mentioned earlier, AJ being a drone operator. What it was is that he's actually, the Army has what's called a a shadow. I guess even at the time, it would have been like a little, a raven, but very small drones that... You know, don't think of big Predators <laughs> or any other platform that the Air Force flies. These are Army drones that you needed to be, you know, the range on them wasn't that close. So he had to be up on the front lines. And that is a completely different mission than ultimately what I ended up doing. Or, you know, me and my service, you talked a little bit about it. But what did you think at the, you know, coming around? My my little brother is definitely the free spirit of the family. Uh, we kind of knew that all. You know, him growing up, but ultimately when he uh, graduated high school, his first thing, instead of going to college or anything else, he took off to Alaska. And, you know, he's just kind of the guy that's always just been searching out there. Yep. He um, called
1: me up one time. He was hitchhiking from <laughs> California to Oregon.
0: Well, how'd he end up in California?
1: Oh, he went down there because he was going to go down with a buddy and work for a landscaper because he just wanted to go to California.
0: Correct. So he took off to Alaska at first. And he ended up being some form of I don't worked think at he a was, fishery. Yeah, he wasn't like uh like not like not deadliest not, catch no. crabbing or anything else like that, but he's out there in a fishery like throwing yep. nets and and working on yep. a, on a boat with predominantly you know, a Mexican crew where he picked up Spanish,
1: Filipino, yeah, yeah.
0: pretty so, quick, yeah. and I think he made friends with some of them, yeah, yeah, and he that's did why it. he went. Ultimately, thought yeah. that he could go down to California and work landscaping. I yeah. know it didn't work out quite like that for him, but no, why did he, he was, decide to hitchhike?
1: Um, because he wanted to, <laughs> because he's Justin, and he thought it would be a great experience, you know. And, and thank goodness he didn't call me before he was already up into Oregon because I was just freaked. he said, like, yeah, I met a lot of people along the way, and they told him what to do and not to do. And this one really nice old guy gave him a flashlight.
0: Yep. Definitely the type of person who doesn't want to live through stories. He wants to experience it yep. himself. But ultimately, your youngest son yep. decided to join the military as well.
1: He did. He did. And, and it was the usual Justin experience right off the get-go. He One of the first few days that he was at, at basic, he went into the uh, latrine, and one of the guys that was at basic was trying to basically hang himself. And Justin got him down and saved him, yelled for the they, medics came in and got him, and I'm just like, like who, who else does this happen to besides Justin? You know, um, he had a lot of things that happened to him while he was there. He was down in California doing training and was in the turret. Yep. On, in a Hummer. And um, they were bouncing across and they hit a washout and he went one way and fell out of, I mean, got thrown out of the, and so, you know, he had landed on his hip, but didn't think much of it, and, you know, y- years later, that's what got a medical discharge because he had to have um, hip reconstruction. So, yeah, yeah there was, uh, yeah, a lot of things there again that happened to Justin that he hasn't told me about.
0: <laughs> I think the biggest thing that, that I find between me my service and his service and very very lucky both of us to live and experience the things that we have but how much of a an offensive mindset i was constantly on and i think that's just based off of the units that i served in and everything else like that versus justin more on the conventional side and the defensive and, and reactionary and i can see not just you know firsthand the experiences that we both have but secondhand now and the effects that we both have from multiple multiple iterations of war and how we process and and cope with things it's it's incredible um the resiliency that he has based off of you know the experiences that he's gone through it's it's incredible Mm
1: -hmm. yep and now he's using everything all of that stuff and he's you know, decided he's he's uh, you know would like to be an electrician, so he's doing that now. And um, you know, has three more years of that to get through before he can start up. So uh,
0: after being a, a welder yep. and being a, a pretty good welder, after mm-hmm. being uh, an EMT, an EMT, and being a really good <laughs> EMT yeah.
1: during during all the pre COVID stuff, and yeah. also through the COVID stuff in Denver. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was huge. He had to deal with elderly people and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep.
1: Yep. And kids, you know, what she said was the hardest thing in the world was dealing with, cause their parents couldn't be with them like in the, you know, so it was just him dealing with these little kids who were sick and had to, you know, they was taken in the ambulance.
0: Yeah. yeah Definitely so. as a, it, 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 at the end of the day, his backbone is in service, and he continues yep. to to volunteer and go on on missions with Team Rubicon for disaster recovery and everything else. He's a phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal man. Um, but really, like, but back, to, you know, back to it a little bit. Um, and I don't want to get you like uberly emotional. By any means but how do you how do you live or how did you live with you know at some point in times having multiple people deployed and I know you you talked about maybe not so much censoring but picking and choosing where you're getting your news from and everything else like that because it really is a mm-hmm. a void uh, on The realities of what's happening versus when the news cycle picks up. And obviously, those, the distance between them have gotten a lot closer over time. But how, I guess, how did you handle all of that?
1: Well, I want to say I handled it by not handling it. You know, I, uh,
0: so out of sight, out of mind, just kind of.
1: Well, to a certain point, um, I still had, okay, so when everybody was there, you know, I still, you, you were still at home, you were in high school, you were, you know, you had stuff going on, Josh had stuff going on, Justin had stuff going on, so, you know, uh, dated life still happens, you know, so, you know, you do that, um, uh, thank goodness communication got a lot better, and that's one thing that um, that you guys have all been really good at is calling home, communicating with mom. So I knew kind of what was going on when, you know, um, and then also like, you know, Yari, you know, Yari was a great source for me, you know, because I can, you know, if I hadn't heard from you for a while, I could, you know, she would let me know that everything was good. So, um, but yeah, I don't want to say You know, handling it by not handling it, but that's kind of what it was. You just can't let it let those types of things um, totally take over your life, but yet it's always there. So, um, and a lot of um, I don't really think of myself as a real religious type person. Um, uh, I, me, and the Catholic Church have had our share of uh issues you know so it's i i don't really consider myself a real religious person but yet i have this wonderful guardian angel that's been on my shoulder ever since she passed and that is my mom and um you know so she's watched over all of us and has done a very good job and so it's uh I know how lucky I have been, Cody, and you. You know when we talk about this, how I get. <laughs> I know how lucky I've been having all you guys in the service, um, uh, and just in general, having you three as my sons. I'm, I, I am the luckiest mom in the world, um, and I thank God every day that you guys went and came back, and in one piece as much as in one piece as you can be uh being um you know having as much action as you have so uh i don't know i i don't know i guess i kind of answered your question
0: yeah you yeah, know absolutely.
1: but i don't want to seem like i ignored everything cuz no? i did not i'm very much a <laughs> no. you know hands-on person also
0: so you do have a tendency to ignore the, the hard stuff sometimes.
1: Well, so I have to sometimes, you know.
0: You, you I think you it's got how it. how you
1: deal with things.
0: You got it done there. Yeah. We have a lot of.
1: Do I do that on a daily basis? Not though? on a <laughs> daily basis.
0: But you definitely are. Yeah. Uh, everybody asks all the time how I became, uh, you know, not just good at my job, but uh, but I would say very, very good at my job, and it's because I say I learned everything from Linda McBride, the master of conversation. Oh. The the queen of elicitation, of getting information out of people that you might not be asking the direct question about, but ultimately figuring out a way around it uh, to get to the end state that she wants.
1: Oh, I still do that. That's why I have the job I have now.
0: (laughs) Exactly. We have a a lot of young... Young parents who listen to this. Yes. What advice would you give to people who are raising young kids in 2022, 2023? The world seems to be changing at a lot faster pace than it ever has before. That's aided by technology. But there also is a lot of of toxic and just crazy time in our life. You know what pointers would you give people out there?
1: Man, you know, I think probably I would say be strong first of all. Separate yourself from all of all of the the uh, you know the garbage that's out there. Concentrate on you and your family and your children and um, and. You know, focus on that and on what they need and what's going on. If you have, you know, other kids besides the ones that are deployed or serving, you know, make sure that you're, you know, that you're giving them the time that they need and deserve so that they can grow up to be just as strong and brave and loyal and um, as the ones who are serving I think that's one of the things that I was so, I'm I'm very proud of in my life is that is that each one of you guys have uh, grown up and are serving and are and um, and are brave and strong and fight your battles, your own battles, um, in such a wonderful way. You know, it's. Um, I'm I'm very proud of that. But I think you just kind of have to really separate yourself from all of the static in the world. From, you know, if that means getting off of social media, if that means uh turning off the TV, um not looking at everything on the internet, whatever that cuz there's a lot of stuff out there and a I lot every, of it is everything isn't. on the internet's true. No. Though. No, it's Jesus. You know, I loved your grandpa. He was the best dad in the world. But he was he was uh, very much new, and I say that in the most loving way I possibly can, new to the, the internet. He used to call me up and ask me things and wanted me to know if I could go on the Google <laughs> and look something up for him on the Google. And... But he would, you know, he he would go down for his beer at 5 o'clock, at the BFW, and somebody would tell him something about that was going on politically or whatever, usually politically. And he would blow, just get all upset about, as only Grandpa could do. I'm sure he called them dirty, rotten bastards, whatever, and... Um, and then he would tell me about it, and I was like, no, Dad, no. Well, that's what he said. He saw it, and I was like, no, that's not true. Not everything on the Internet is true. You know, you have to, you know, if you don't know it, call me. I'll, I'll figure it out for you or whatever. So, no, not everything on the Internet is true. Um, but I think that's probably one of the, uh, find a really uh, a good person that you can depend on, whether that's a spouse, um, a parent, uh, whatever that you can um, that you can lean on, that you can talk to. Um, don't let things build up. You know.
0: I think one of the positives about. Technology and the improvements of technology that you've lived and experienced in your life is that you're able to reach out and touch things that you never would have dreamed of being able to unless you had the opportunity to travel to those places. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, relationships that you have within your neighborhood, your community, your town, your city, Mm -hmm. your state seem to get more and more distance in between. You've lived True. this life where your source of information was from the radio. If you were driving mm-hmm. from the five o'clock news, if you watch the five o'clock news at dinner and you usually only watched one channel and that was just straight yep. information given to you. How much do you think the world has changed now where you have all the static as you described it?
1: We, uh, uh dad and I talk about this a lot. Um, because we have friends that get caught up in one of the news stations and that's all they see, that's all they hear, that's all they talk about. Um, you know, they post it all over their social media and stuff to the point where a lot of people have said, I just had to block him. I can't even, you know, but we always say it was so in a lot of ways, life was so much easier when you had. Five o'clock news, that was local news. You had five thirty news, that was national news, and you know. And if you wanted to talk to somebody, you called them up on the phone and talked to them. Um, or if you wanted, you went downtown and had coffee. Uh, us kids growing up. We had neighborhood friends that we played with, and we played outside because there were no video games. And I have to say, because of your mother and father, you guys didn't really have very much video games either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you you always had that community. You always had those friends. I tell you what, a couple, I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house. Um, Growing up, because mom worked all the time, and so I would go uh, summers I spent at my grandma's house. So I had a group of friends there since the time we were probably second grade, first grade, second grade, and two of those are still some of my best friends. We don't always talk to each other, you know, they're good, thank goodness for Instagram and Facebook, because we see what our families are doing and, um, but, uh, but it's just amazing how close everything was then. And now everything is just like, there's really good aspects to it and there's really bad aspects to it.
0: Do you think some of your friends that you talked about a little bit, do you think that's just them and like the inner feelings, maybe something that they suppressed because they would never discuss those things in public? now they have the freedom to do it? Yes. Or do you think it's just them getting caught up in whatever cycle that it is? Um. Because it definitely is. Like, all this stuff that is out there is intentionally the way that it's colored, the way that it's it's voice is, it's there to manipulate. That's true. But you have to give it the opportunity to hook you in if that's the route that you want to go down.
1: I think that the people who get hooked into those things are also people who don't have real close relationships to, um, you know, this is my own observation too. So, you know, uh, that don't have a real close, how uh, do I say this? Don't have a lot of interaction daily. I mean, the ones that I see that, that are that are getting roped into that stuff are are uh, people who don't have a spouse at home, don't don't have you know that live by themselves that don't.
0: There's a void in their life. There's a void in
1: their life, and they're filling it with social media, and or a news station. Or, you know, that type of thing. Or
0: just bad influences yes, on their exactly, life. Yes, you know? exactly. They, their people will naturally yep. search out.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from. They're going going back. Um, I Like I said, I think it's really important to have um, a strong core group of people in your life. That was one of the things that I always had when you guys were serving. Um, I have a strong group of friends that are still... My friends to this day, um, Which you I, know, I'm I always like
0: thoroughly impressed because your friendship groups are incredible. They've lasted yeah. years and years and years and years and years, and you're you have this knack of forming relationships with others that most people nowadays struggle yeah. with getting depth to their relationships.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I have I have several different groups of friends that I love dearly, um, but I also have dad. You know, he is a very, very strong man and, um, you know, and very easy to for me to talk to and knows when I'm struggling and, you know, and helps me and everything else. So it's, you know, it's having that strong core group of people.
0: He also Always. challenges you, though. Oh,
1: yes, he does. <laughs> I have a whole group of people that are that challenge me. Um, you know, you you challenge me all the time. Um, you know, Josh does, Dad does, yeah. Every there, yeah, and it's good for me because I'm a very loyal person, and I get comfortable, and so it, um, you know, to to get me to continue to. Uh, Uh, build myself up and to you know and thank you very much for that by the way (laughs) of course
0: (laughs) how do you look at like growth as yourself as an individual because i think you know you don't just ebb and flow with the times or what's going on in the world what's going on in your personal life but there's other influences that are constantly around you either from your children or from your group of friends. You know, growth is kind of a, a can be a tough, tough time. Yeah. Uh, and I bring up dad because it, I'm, I'm always amazed because theoretically, if you guys look at it, you could come from complete opposite ends of the spectrum, both politically, Most but at definitely. the same time, your, your ability to see a middle ground, I don't want to say compromise, but come through at the end on something that, that maybe, you know, I'm sure there's things that you guys will never agree on, but the fact that you have the relationship that you guys do, and it's as strong as you guys, it's as strong as it is, is truly impressive. And most people would just throw in the towel and be like, ah, this is, we're just never going to talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, that was a lot. Um growth wise. Okay, I find I have found that growth, a lot of my growth as a as a person has come from hardship, okay? Um, whether that being having to, learn how to be a different person every time my mom moved, you know. Um, I tended to be very, and I still kind of am this way, um, very shy at first. I don't know if I want to say shy, quiet. At first, I like to, you know, because of that, I I want to scope everything out before I put myself out there. And I'm kind of an out there person, so that you know that sounds really strange to anybody, but that's exactly how I was, um, and you know, so so I learned I learned how to judge not judge people, but um, but yeah, judge people I guess uh, fairly fast what who they are, what you know what they are, um, and then uh, you know from that to. Uh, Um, you know, losing my mom, that was, that was a huge one, that, you know, that one, that one hurt pretty bad, I had to grow, grow, which I was already grown up, I mean, I already had you guys, Um, you know, but grow up, grow into her, I guess, into what I thought she would want me to be, Um, to, you know, going through a tough marriage and divorce and, um, you know, that all changes a person, you know, little counseling that we all need every once in a while, you know, to, uh, you know, and then to find in dad and, you know, and finding that strength and more strength and, you know, so my growth comes through a lot of strife and what, what I have learned and I know you could say the same thing code with some of the stuff that you've gone through. Um, you know, uh, with, with, with tragedy or with hurt, you know, comes growth. So that's where I see a lot of that. I tend to, um, as we, my core group of friends, you know, I tend to have very strong, um, also very, uh, strong, independent, loving women in my life. And uh, so I, and I, and we lean on each other a lot. So I have that. And, but, um, but growing my, you know, as you know, my, this last growth was coming because you and Yari and Josh and dad, you know, encouraging me. And I say that in the very loving sense that it's meant to um, look at look at where I was, what I was doing, and that you should be you you know that there's more out there for you. Yeah, and, and what
0: what you're describing is you basically worked the same job for twenty twenty five years, twenty five years with not a lot of it, it. Well, incredible satisfaction in doing it, but not a lot of advancement not only in what you're you're doing as a craft but really what advancement in like recognition and deserving you know pay and benefits and everything else like that and a long 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 time coming of like mom you're you're an absolute you're an expert you are one of the most professional people that i've ever seen in this specific job field and if you have to believe in yourself to demand this, to ask for this, and I think it took a long time just because you've never yep. put yourself in that position.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm a very loyal person. Yes. I was very loyal to the family. Yes. And and it wasn't until uh, I saw that the family wasn't necessarily that loyal to me that... Um, You know, that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for this. Start looking around. Make some phone calls.
0: For a long, long time, you were a a racing horse with blinders on. Yep. And I think with enough convincing. And we're talking about like years and years of convincing. It was
1: a few years, yeah. You
0: know. But uh, taking that leap was a big, big step.
1: But you know when you talk about uh, being a wee bit stubborn? Just a wee, just a wee bit stubborn. Um, uh, I'm French, English, and Irish. All of those are stubborn, so you know, there you go. Um, y- you know, you probably get that from me.
0: Yeah,
1: I tend to process things for a while until it's like they say, until it's my idea, but not really. Um, till I say, okay, it's I need to do this. It's time to do it. And I did, and it's, oh, my gosh, been a huge challenge, huge challenge, and uh, really putting myself out there, but I love it, Cody. I mean, I feel so much more uh, alive and and needed, which for myself, that's a huge thing to feel needed, and like I'm helping someone. There again, the service coming out, you know, that I've been taught my entire life.
0: Very much, if we go back to love languages, you, you are an acts of service, as yes. well as a little bit of words of affirmation, but more really quality time.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And words of affirmation.
0: <laughs> I know words of affirmation are there. We all, everybody who knows you knows that. Oh, but I've been gosh. so impressed. It's It's phenomenal for somebody to kind of pivot, you know, you're definitely still in the same world but yeah to pivot to a a higher step and I I hope uh you feel fulfilled in the decision that you made.
1: Yes, I do. 100% and it's uh um I didn't really uh think then that I could um be in at this point. I mean, I mean it's a huge jump going from, you know, being in the area that I was in yeah, the um, office that I was, and then into the company, the actual company, and not only just to the company, but management—you know—in a, a manager's role yeah. in the.
0: You basically went company. from like a, a local communal area to a, yeah. an entire region of a the region, United States, yeah,
1: western region of the yeah. United States. So it's, um, it's been
0: a local sales office to now corporate. Yeah, you're, you're one of the corporate I'm people corporate that everybody everybody gets mad about gosh
1: corporate so yeah it's been huge and it's been wonderful um uh I, there's no way I could have done this at all i mean i have coworkers that have kids that are school age kids and younger and i there's no way i could have done it then i you know i've i could never be away from home as much as they are you know with you guys i'm much too uh uh into your lives, <laughs> too, I don't want to say it that way, um no, you know, you're, but you're I very much wanted to be a part of your guys's life when you're growing up, and there's no way I could have done this job right then, right, right,
0: and you're the exact same way as a grandma, and it's very, very cool to see.
1: I always wonder what you guys say when I'm not around when you talk about <laughs> me. <laughs>
0: No, we speak <laughs> the truth. It's all good. I'm very grateful uh, and blessed you. to have the the parents that I have growing up because it's definitely who made me the person that I am.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. Not always easy. Of course. Welcome to life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I love you very much, but it's always been a, um, uh, all of my kids, not just you. I love all of, you know, but always... Um, wanted to make sure that you guys knew that there was right and wrong, um, you know, and, you know, you had to be accountable for your actions and which I think that's some of the things that a lot of parents now um, don't always enforce in their children. Right. You know, it's more of a, that oh the teacher did that, so go yell at the teacher instead of finding out both sides of the story and most generally it's something that your child did, not what the teacher did. So not my child. Yeah, my exactly. child would never do that. I know, I know, yeah. So that's uh I mean, you're it's like you have yeah, you, know, you have boundaries, but you also have love. Right. So
0: what uh in closing here What does Veterans Day kind of mean to you?
1: Veterans Day for me and Dad is very emotional. And, of course, I have to say there's a lot of things that are emotional.
0: Um, You're kind of an emotional person. I am.
1: And, I mean, like, uh, as uh, anybody who knows us knows, you know, we're season ticket holders for the Montana Grizzlies.
0: Yes, go Grizz.
1: Go Grizz. And, uh, so, uh, you know, things like the national anthem, um, flyovers, whenever I just get chills and choked up when there's a flyover. Um, so it means a lot. It means a lot to us because we've had so many people in our lives that have served and, um,
0: You understand the sacrifices. Oh, my gosh, yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. And how much it meant to all of those that we've lost, um, just in our own family. You know, service in the military meant so much to our family. And I don't want to say more than others, because I think even if you have one person that served, it means a lot. But, man, Cody, we've had a lot of people in our family that have served. And I really hope, hope that, um, that we can continue to, to pass that on. You know, I realize it's not for everybody. I mean, Josh, you know, he didn't serve, but he went, has gone on and served in his own way, Absolutely, you know? So, um, but I hope that, um, you know, that we continue to pass on just the meaning of it, you know, not necessarily even serve, um, joining the military, but but what it means, the service means in our family,
0: right? Yeah, there's lots of different ways out there to. Serve oh yeah, most definitely at every level of your life. Yep. Locally, all the way up,
1: and sometimes locally means more almost than nationally. You definitely, probably you know? have a yeah.
0: greater impact.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yep.
0: All right. All right. We'll probably get you to the airport. I appreciate you Well, for everything. Not just for being down here this week, obviously knocking out some great grandma duties, but for being the mom that you are, not just to me, but to all my siblings and, and teaching us right and wrong, but ultimately for giving us the freedom, freedom to make our own decisions, our own mistakes, and, and to become them. the people that we are through those lessons learned.
1: Yeah, well... I love you guys very much. You know that. I love you sometimes, too. Sometimes probably too much, but.
0: Well, I don't know if you can. <laughs> I don't know about too much.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, babe.